0: The Graveyard Rats by Henry Nutter, Nutter. Old Mason, the caretaker, one of oldest, most neglected cemeteries, a feud with the rats. Generations ago, he come up from the wolves and settled in the graveyard. A colony who had normal large rats with Mason, taken charge of the inexplicable disappearance of the former caretaker. He said they must go. First, he set traps on them and put poisoned food by their barrels, and later he tried to shoot them, but did it did no good. The rats stayed, mud playing and overrunning the graveyard with their ravenous holes. They were large, even for the mutus de calmanus, which sometimes measures 15 inches in length. Exclusive of the naked pink and grey tail, Mason had caught glimpses of some large, as good-sized cats. And when once or twice the grave diggers had uncovered their barrows, the menadona's tunnels were large enough to enable a man to crawl into them. On his hands and knees, the ships that had come generations ago from distant ports, slain wolves. Had brought strange cargoes. Mason wonders sometimes the strange size of his barrows. He recalled certain vaguely vaguely disturbing legends. He'd heard since coming to a, coming to ancient witch halted Salem. Tales of Monabit brand. In human life that was said exist of the forgotten burrows in the earth. The old days when Cottom Matha had hunted down the evil cults a hick cart, and a dark magna mater in frightful orgies have passed the dark gabled houses still lean perilously towards each other over narrowed cold streets blasphemous secrets and mysteries said to be hidden in subterranean cellars and caverns where forgotten pagan rites are still celebrated fights of law and sanity bagging their grey heads wisely the elders declared at these that there was worse things than rats and maggots calling in the unhallowed earth the ancient ceremonies then too there was this, this curious dread of the rats Mason disliked and respected the ferocious little rodents for he knew the dangers that lurked, and their flashing needle shot fangs, but he could not understand the explicable horror which the ulsters held for desert for deserted rat infested houses. He heard vague rumours of ghoulish beings that dwelt far underground, at the power of commanding the rats, marching them, marshalling them like horrible armies, the rats the old men whispered, men whispered. The messages is, beyond this world the grim and ancient caverns, far below Salem, bodies have been stolen from graves, and nocturnal Sandranian feasts, they said, The myth of the Pied Piper is a fable, hides a blasphemous horror, The black pits of Aver- Avernus have brought forth hell's form, the and never venture, and never venture into the light of day. Mason paid little attention to these tales. He did not fraternize with his neighbors. In fact, did he did all he could to hide his existence the rats from intruders. Investigation he realized would undoubtedly mean that many many graves, while some of the gnawed that, that, and the coffins could be attributed to the activities of the rats, Mason found it difficult to explain the mood to the bodies and lay some of the coffins. Perished gold is used in filling teeth. This gold is not rude when a man is buried. Clothing, of course, is another matter, for usually the undertaker provides a plain broadcloth suit is cheap and easily recognizable. But gold is another matter, and sometimes too, your medical students and less reputable doctors who are in need of cadavers, cadavers and not over scrupulous as to where they were attained so although mason had successfully managed his courage investigation he had fiercely denied existence of the rats even though they sometimes robbed him of his prey mason did not care what happened to the bodies after he performed these gruesome thefts the rats inevitably dragged away the whole cadaver through the hole and gnawed, they gnawed in the coffin so as he buried the cage he worried mason then too there was the curious circumstance. Coffins always been gnawed open at the end, never side or top. It was almost as though the rats were working under direction, some impossibly intelligent leader. Now he stood an open grave of fruit, through a last sprinkling wet earth on a heap beside the pit. It was raining a slow, cold drizzle that, for weeks, had been descending from soggy black clouds, raven slough of yellow, sucking mud from the midst of many tombstones stood up in the regular baton, baton, platoons. Rats retreated into their barrows. The mason had not seen one for days. His gaunt and face was yet set in frowning lines. The coffin in which he was standing was a wooden one. The body had been buried several days earlier, but mason had not dared to this it before. Rather did the dead men been coming to the grave at intervals, even in the drenching rain. But he would, would hardly come at this late hour, no matter how much grief he meant to be suffering, might be suffering. It was so much grief he might be suffering, made felt grinning, weary, straightened and laid the shovel aside. For the hill on which this ancient graveyard lay Could see the lights of Salem flickering dimly through the downpour. He drew a flashlight from his pocket. He would need light now. Taking up the spade, he bent and examined the fastenings of the coffin. Abruptly, he stiffened. Beneath his feet, he sensed an unquiet stirring and scratching, though something was moving within the coffin. A moment of pang and superstitious fear shot through Mason. Then Rage replaced it as he realized the significance of the sound. Rats have forestalled him again. In a paroxysm of anger, Mason wrenched the fastenings of the coffin. He got the sharp wrench off the shovel under the lid and pried it up until he could finish the job with his hands. They set the flashlight cold beams darting down into the coffin. Rage paddled against the white satin lining. The coffin was, coffin was empty. Mason saw flicker a moment at the head of the case, darting light in that direction. The end of the sarcophagus had been chewed through, and a gaping hole led into darkness. A black shoe, limp and dragging, was disappearing as Mason watched and abruptly realised that the rats were him. By only a few minutes, he fell on his hands and knees. Made a hasty clinch at the shoe, a flashlight contemptly con- fell into the coffin and went out. Shoe was towed from his grasp. He heard a sharp, excited squealing. And then he had the flashlight again, a his light into the barrel. It was a large one. It had to be. The corpse could not have been dragged along it. Mason wondered at the size of the rats could carry away a man's body. The thought of loading a revolver in his pocket mortified him. Probably if the cooks had been an only one, Mason would have left the rats with their spoils rather than venture to barrow near a barrow. Barrow, but he remembered an especially fine set of cufflinks. He observed there was a stick pin that was undoubtedly a genuine pearl. Scarcely a pause, he clipped the fish light his belt and crept into the barrow. it was a tight fit but he managed to squeeze himself along having him in a flashlight glow he could see the shoes dragging along the wet earth bottom of the tunnel he crept along the burrows as rapidly as he could occasionally barely able to squeeze his squeezy, lean body through the n- narrow wall having a versatile high quality piece of clothing feels great The air was overpowering with musty states of carol. He could not, he re- could not reach the corpse in a minute. Mason studied. He would turn back, but aged fears were beginning to crawl. Maggot-like within his mind, agreed, urging on. He called forward several times, passing the mails, journeying tunnels. Walls of the barren were damp and slimy. Twice lumps of dirt dropped behind him. Second, he could only paused and screwed his head around, looked back, because needing nothing, of course, till he had unhooked the flashlight for his belt and reversed it. Several claws lying on the ground behind him. him. Danger positions suddenly became real and terrifying. Thoughts of caving, making his pulse race, tried so to abandon the pursuit even though he had now almost had taken the course. with all things that pulled it. He had overlooked one thing the barrel was too narrow. Allow him to turn. Panic touched him briefly. Remember the side tunnel. he just passed and backed awkwardly along the tunnel till he came to it. He thrust his legs into it, backing into it, until they were able to turn. Then he hurriedly began to retrace his way, though his knees were bruised and painful. Agonising pain shot through his leg. He felt sharp teeth sink into his flesh and kicked out frantically. The shrill squeaking and scurry of many feet, flashing the light behind him. Mason caught his breath in a sob of fear. He saw a dozen great rats watching him intently, their slitted eyes glittering, ring in the light. They were great misshapen things, as large as cats. Finally them we caught a glimpse of dark shape, and stirred and moved swiftly aside to shadow he shuddered at the believable size of the thing. I had held him for a moment, but they were edging closer, their teeth dull orange into the pale light. Mason tugged at his pistol, managed to screw it from his pent pocket, aimed carefully. His awkward position, he tried to press his foot to the soggy side of the barrel so that he could not invertly send a bullet into one of them. Running from the shot deafened him. A time the clouds of smoke seemed to cough him. Then he could hear again, and the smoke had cleared. He saw the rats were gone. He put the pistol back and began to creep swiftly along the tunnel. Then, with scurrying a scurry rush, they were upon him again. They swarmed over his legs, biting and squealing. Insanely, Mason shrieked horribly as he snapped for his gun. Fired about aiming, the only luck saved him from blowing a foot. His tiny rats did not retreat so far. Mason was crawling as swiftly he could along the barrel, ready to fire again at the first sound of another attack. To a pad of feet he went. He sent the, the light stabbing behind him. A great, green rat pulled and watched him. His long, red whiskers twitched. His serenade, naked tail was moving slowly from side to side. Mason shouted. The rat retreated. He called on, passing briefly in the black gap of the side tunnel, his elbows made out of a shapeless huddle, a damp clay a few yards ahead. For a second he thought that the mass of Earth had been dislodged from the roof, and then he recognised it as a human body. It was brown and shriveled sh- sh- mummy, with a dreadful, unbelieving shock. Mason realised that it was moving. Is calling towards him the pale glow of the flashlight. Like the man saw a frightful goggle face thrust into his own. His passionless death's head skull, the long-dead corpse, instinct of hellish life. Glazed eyes swollen and betrayed the thing's blindness. He made a faint groaning sound as it crawled to Wall's Mason stretching its ragged and congratulated lips, a green and dreadful hunger. Mason was frozen with abysmal fear and loathing. Just before the horror touched him, Mason flung himself frankly to the barrow at his side. He heard a scrammy noise at his heels. A thing groaned dully that came after him. Mason, glancing over his shoulder, screamed about himself. Desperate through the narrow barrow, He crawled along awkwardly, sharp stones cutting his hands and knees, dirt showed into his eyes, but he dared not pause even for a moment, He on, grasping, cursing, praying sterly, squeaking triumphantly. The rats came at him, hung hungry, hunger, horrible hunger in their eyes. Mason, almost succumbed to their vicious teeth for he succeeded beating them off. The passage were narrowing in the frenzy of terror. He kicked and screamed and fired till the hammer clicked and opened on an empty shell. But he had driven them off. He found himself crawling under a great stone embedded in the roof. And he dug crawling into his back. He moved a little as his weight struck it. An idea flashed in Mason's frightened, crazed mind. Bring down a stone so that it blocked the tunnel. The earth was wet and soggy from the rains. He hunched himself up half upright, dug away the dirt around the stone. Rats were coming closer. He saw their eyes glowing in a reflection of the flashlight beam. Perfect beam still he called. Clawed frankly at the earth. Stone was giving, he tugged at it. It rots at its foundation. A rat was approaching. The monster he had already glimpsed. Grey, leprous, hideous, it crept forward, its orange teeth bared. Its weight came a blind, dead thing, growing as it crawled. Mason gave a last frantic tug at the stone. He felt it slide downwards, then it went scrambling along the tunnel. Behind him, the stone crushed down, heard a sudden, frightful shriek of agony. Clod showed upon his legs. Heavy weight fell on his feet. He dragged them free with difficulty. The entire tunnel was collapsing. Grasping with fear, Mason threw himself forward. At, at the soggy earth collapsed at his heels. Tunnel narrowed till he could barely use his hands. Led him behind himself. He wiggled forward like an eel. Suddenly, felt Saturn tearing beneath his crawling f- fingers. Then his head crushed against something. Barred his path. He moved his legs, The they were not pinned under the trap surf, lying flat on his stomach. And when he tried to raise himself, he found the roof was only a few inches from his back. Panic shot through him. When a blind horror had locked his path, he flung himself desperately to sight on a tunnel that had no outlet. He was in a coffin, an empty coffin, which he crept through the hole. The rats had gnawed in its end, he tried to turn his back and found he could not Then the coffin pinned him down insolubly He braced himself and strained at the coffin lid. It was immovable, even if he could escape from the sarcophagus, How could he claw his way up through five feet hard- packed earth? He found himself grasping it was a dreadfully fruit. Ferdid and very hot in a paroxysm of terror. He ripped a claw that sat until its shred- was shredded. He made a fertile attempt to dig with his feet the earth from the collapsed barrow. He had blocked his retreat if he were only able to reverse his vision, he might be able to claw his way through to air air. White hot agony lance through his breast, throat his eyeballs, his head seemed to be swelling, very larger and larger, suddenly he heard exulting squealing of rats, he began to scream insane, could not drown him out, for a moment he thrashed about hysterically, but he's a narrow prison, then he was quiet, grasping for air, his eyelids closed, his blackened tongue protruded, sank down to the blackness of death, with the mad squealing of the rats, darling in his ears what's so special about hero Bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving